Hey, Faith in the Fast Life listeners, happy Thanksgiving. This is episode 40 for us, and we want to do something a little bit different today. So we're off our normal schedule. We'll be back next week with new guys, but what we want to do is we want to go back to one of our favorite episodes that we posted a while back, all the way back in March with Tim Fulton. That's episode four, I Am Everything You Need. So we're going to talk again, once again, with Tim Fulton. He's the founder of The Awakening. He's a professional skimboarder and surfer, and he has just an incredible story. So we just want to kind of revisit that, check it out, check out some of our previous podcasts, as well as keep an eye out for new ones. If you want to give, go check out fastlifeministries.com. And once again, we're so thankful that you've been here with us for this ride. Let's get into the episode. Uh, We have the pleasure of having Tim Fulton with us today. Tim is a professional surfer and uh tim why don't you why don't you expand on that a little bit so i know it's a it's skimboarding and for those who don't know you know enlighten us a little bit i'm sure that there's gonna be plenty of your fans and followers that listen in on this and for all the rest of them can you uh just share with us a little bit about your history of that yeah so uh professional skim is a lot like surfing but you run out to the waves opposing opposing to paddling in. So you run on the sand, down the slope, drop your board, jump on it, and then you get onto the ocean. And you can do turns, airs, I mean, pretty much anything you could think of as surfing tricks and skateboarding tricks. And that's what got me hooked on it. So growing up, I think I was 12 years old. My first love was skateboarding. That's all I was doing at the time. And growing up in Laguna Beach, it's actually kind of like the epicenter of skimboarding. And I just had, you know, friends in middle school say, hey, you should try this. Uh, it feels a lot better to fall in the ocean than falling on concrete. So I was like, I'm in, you know. Right. And uh, I started doing it. And it was probably like the coolest feeling just sliding across the water and, you know, turning on these huge waves. Um, you need shore break for it pretty much, but it was just such a different feeling. So it really got me hooked on it. And at 16 years old, four years later, I went pro in my first com- uh, competition. And then by 25, I became a world champion traveling all over the world for it. Awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. So Laguna Beach, California, skateboarding into skimboarding. You know, skimboarding sounds like uh, be my type of uh, surfing for sure. Like I remember trying at a young age to actually do ocean surfing and the paddling out part was, uh, you know, that was, that was a, that was a huge test. And then the yeah. fact that I could never get up, I just kept getting pounded into the sand. Like it was, uh, it was not, not the best experience I've had in my life. So maybe we'll have to get together and, uh, try that out there in the ocean so so tim professional professional skimboarder in the ocean started with a skateboarding and uh you know just just tell us about your life man like how did all that come around like when did you find jesus when what has he done for you in your life like where where is he taking you where are you going what what's he doing for you so i think i think coming to jesus it was a little different I came to, at first I would, I came to his creation. Like I grew up, my parents took me camping when I was little. That was, we never like went on a plane or anything like that. We would just travel the United States and go to campgrounds, go to the Redwoods, you know, go to Zion. We'd go to all these amazing places that you're like, where'd this come? And I, 
I think at that point, like we never went to church really. I never knew the meaning of that or anything like that. We would just be out in nature. And I felt like, you know, there was obviously something bigger out there. And uh, growing up, you know, it went into when I would travel the world skimming, same thing. I would go to all these exotic beaches from around the world, you know, where the rainforest meets the sand, where there's places with no footprints on the sand. We're taking ATVs and des- deserted beaches. And like, this is just out here. No one's seeing it right now, you know, other than us. And you just got had a whole nother feeling inside. And that's when, you know, I, I kept honing in on it, you know, kind of like a, um, a radar. I was just like, all right, like there's something bigger, you know? And of course, like it was more like, oh yeah, Jesus Christ. Like that's, that's what you're supposed to believe in. Or for, in our family, that's kind of what I was taught. And, but I think finding it out yourself, that coming um, to Jesus moment, I think was more, you know, you would get broken, you'd get broken down and you'd pray until it got better. And then you kind of just stop praying, you know, and then you're like, and then something else would happen. And then you're like, I need, I'm going to pray again because you're so broken down. That was the only thing coming to you. And then you're better. And then you're just stop praying. And then I think a couple, the couple times that happened, it was like, spoke, like spoke to me, like, this is your biggest breakthrough is Jesus Christ. And ever since then I started praying every day and walking um, the line or walking towards him and just feeling him around all together in nature and stuff like that. So it, it really opened up my eyes and, you know, working at certain places growing up, I've been, you know, they would ask me, what church do I go to? Stuff like that. And being called a heathen, stuff like that. All my tattoos, you know, I'm covered in tattoos. People just, oh, you're not Christian. You're not this. Like, so it kind of really turned me off from like um, that part of it. So we, we talk about that a lot, like with, with, uh, you know, with fast life ministries, like being, being here. And that's, that's really what fast life is all about is kind of breaking down that stereotype um, yeah, it's funny that every 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 one of these podcasts we do, Ben, is, it seems like it always kind of comes back to this, where people kind of feel shunned by the church, if you will, and that's it's a you know it's a good reminder for everybody listening that you know we are the church, um, the exactly. church, you know, religion. Man has created religion, and many things can be religious. There are people that religiously go to the bar every Friday night after work or go catch happy hour. There's people that religiously go to church every Sunday morning. And the second they leave church, they forget to live a Christ-like life. And that's what we're all about is breaking down these stereotypes. So I'm glad that you point that out. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I felt a, I felt a moment there to kind of just compound that. And remember, that's what we're about. It's not about what church you attend or what religious group, or if you drive a Ford, a Chevy or a Dodge or a Kia for that matter. Sure. It's about that relationship with Christ. So keep going, Tim. Sorry for the interruption. I just, I no, that, no, that's perfect. <laughs> but you're totally right. You know, it's like kind of being shunned out, like being called a heathen straight to your face or, you know, like I said, covered in tattoos, people like, oh, you don't belong here. And it's like just threw you off, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and then I kept praying and that's when I met my wife and 
she was going kind of through the same thing as I was like walking with Christ and, but we didn't know, she didn't know which way to really go. She just started attending this really cool church down in Newport. It's called Viewpoint Church. Very intimate, um, maybe 30 to 50 people go. The pastors know all of our names. Like it's very cool. So she brought me with her and I, you know, I was kind of scared at first, like, Hey, like, I don't know if we should be doing it or like if I should be doing this because of all those stereotypes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we went and you just felt like this is where we're supposed to be and doing it with my wife. Um, that's where it kind of started and laid our foundation. We did, a like a serious dating and engagement class, like literally a month or two later from going our first time. Um, we got baptized there and it's kind of like found like our little home, which is so cool because we know every single person that goes there. Um, we know the pastors, it's just so cool connecting in that way, especially with my wife at that time or my wife. And, uh, it's just, yeah, I I think that's where it was kind of just like, I was broken down and then it just broke through into he's not going away. He keeps showing up in my life. Keeps, you know, I keep talking to him. Then now every day it's like, I, I walk with him. Yeah. So like, I think that's a, uh, you know, once again, kind of on that point and, and, and a lot, a lot of similarities there with, with me, you know, I, I was not a believer before. I would also say that, uh, I kind of grew up in that, uh, outdoor realm doing those things, you know, living, for God's creation, um, you know, before the drugs and alcohol took over and, uh, agreed like church kind of felt like, you know, you were shunned, like you were kind of pushed away, but we also found that home. And I think, you know, for the listeners and people out there, like not every church is going to be the same. Um, and sometimes you have to do a little church shopping, you know, attend a few, try a few and see if you can't find a home. I think it's, it's very apparent. So, you know, Tim, let's uh, back up a little bit with that. I know, like you just mentioned that you, you know, were kind of hurting and you were praying a lot to him. You know, this is before you found Tam and, um, you know, before you guys found this church. But, you know, what were those struggles you were going through? How did the world challenge you before you really gave gave yourself to Christ? And, and uh, you know, let's talk about those challenges and then let's talk about how you're triumphing now because of your walk with the Lord. So, so tell me more about before you met your wife, before you found church, you know, can you, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I just, you know, I felt lost. I was going through, uh, I'm 29 now. I was probably, I mean, it started when I was probably 21, 22. I'm traveling all, all over, but skimboarding is not like surfing. Even if you're in the top 5%, it's very hard to make a living out of it. Like you can pay rent. You could probably pay your car payment, but, um, at the end of the day, you're not, you know, you're not buying a house or anything like that. So it was, it was a big struggle. Um, just trying to do that passion. And that's what I, I call it. It's like my passion. So I got a job, you know, I was a server, busser, everything at this one restaurant. I worked there for 10 years and it was, it was really cool because they would give me the time off to go everywhere. But at the same time, like my industry, you know, you hit, you hit certain 
it's I don't know how to explain it. You hit a certain age and you're pretty much like, no one's going to sponsor you. You're in your thirties now. And then it was like, what do you fall back on? So it was very challenging for me to continue to live my passion, but continuing to like come to reality. Like, all right, what am I going to do? Like when I do have a family, what do I do when, you know, times do get even more tough. And then throughout that time, you know, I was just hooking up with as many girls as I pretty much could all around um and it was just really getting to me um inside like i thought of myself as a good person but then it's like i was so you're kind of convicted like this sounds like uh you know you're you're feeling convicted as you're doing this you're living that fast life but you're feeling the darkness and the brightness is wanting to shine through exactly exactly like you're you think it's so cool at the time and you're running through it and just yeah living the fast life and all of a sudden it just more darkness comes into you and more negativity and you're transmitting that negativity from other people into you and like yeah it got it got pretty dark for sure and uh just going through basically stuff like that relationships like that i just couldn't handle uh i would kind of shut down emotionally shut down everything physically people wouldn't see me for a couple weeks you know i'd kind of just like hide be a hermit and then uh you know obviously those would be times that i would i would be praying and trying to get out of it trying to be more positive and all of a sudden you know a couple months go by and it seems like nothing happens and that's when i feel like people stop praying because they're like oh it worked okay you know (laughs) and then something else happens so yeah, that's, yep. so that's just, how I would explain it. I was never into drugs. I was never into, like, even drinking. I don't drink or anything. So it was just the all the darkness coming from other people that I was, like, super sensitive to. You know, as you're competing at this, uh, this high level and that negative influence is there in that high level with you, um, how does the Holy Spirit help you through that when you're competing? Do you feel more at peace with that? yeah yeah i mean it definitely it made me hone in on myself and then on my craft um being super you know you always i think it was more like i look at all these other athletes around the world and how they're representing themselves how professional they are it just brought to light like i'm my own person that this is how I'm going to do my craft. And I took some things, you know, it showed me other ways to do it, you know, um, in our, I think like in any sports, there's like even the partiers or how people do their own rituals or whatever to get honed in and competitive. But for me, it was, you know, right before each of my heats, I would probably just go down by the ocean and just look out and then it would just calm me down. I could breathe. I could think, um, and then how a competition works is it's pretty interesting. It's a 12 minute heat and there's, you know, there could be two to four, four people in a heat and the top five waves are scored. So to get five waves in 12 minutes, that's basically, you know, that's, you got to get a good wave every two minutes and, you know, you fall once you start getting in your head, like, dang it. I just, I just blew it, you know? Um, but it really, 
started calming down with me that I would, I could literally just choose instead of running back and forth, getting 10 to 12 waves, hoping my top five score, I could really just like be like, all right, all I need is five waves. And I would be super calm about it. I would score. I would probably only have six waves and I would keep advancing in my heats. And I think just that calmness and just knowing, I don't know, knowing that he's there and that he's brought me to this point and that I've focused, I practice, I'm prepared, um, helped me out tremendously. Right. So through this competition, how old were you when you won uh, the world championship? Or the, I was or 25 the, years old. 25. And remind me how old you are now. I'm 29. So that was four years ago. 29. Are you still competing at this point? I am. Uh, well, obviously, this past year, due to COVID, they shut down all the competitions. Mm-hmm. I think they did it, you know, worldwide. Gotcha. Um, there, there are dates set for this year, but you know, it's all kind of up in the air due to COVID. So it could be something that it's two weeks away, and then they could just shut it down. Yeah, yeah, we saw that in the in the wakeboard and uh, wake surfing industry as well, with the professional wake tour, just kind of everything kind of crashed to a halt they ended up doing some online stuff and then one in-person championship so covid man what a what a wild world we live in right now and uh yeah so so uh i'd like to talk a little bit like we you know being a professional athlete and obviously you got to keep your body in that top-notch shape and then uh you know how do you feel that that the physical shape as well as that spiritual shape blend together into this, uh, into our action sports lifestyle and just sports in general. Like, is there a, is there a balance between those two? I think there is. And I feel like they, they feed off one another. You know, if you're in a calm space, you feel, and you hone in on your profession. Um, for me working out, I would run in the morning and then, lift at night or back in the, that's what I did back then, or just kind of anything with cardio for me, the spiritual would come out when I'm just out in nature. So I would go on a lot of hikes and go out on four to five mile runs out in the, in the hills around where I live and stuff and just overlooking the ocean, stuff like that. And it would, again, just, you would feel at peace. You would feel calm. And then it would drive you farther. Like I can keep going, you know, you thought you're retired and it would kind of just keep, keep making you push through it, which was so cool. Um, some mornings I would just run on the beach and you, you know, do your workout and then just sit there or go jump in the ocean to like cool off. And I feel like that release, um, brings you into like the spiritual realm as well after all the physical. Right, absolutely. What a what a blessing to be able to run down a beach and jump in an ocean. Ben and I up here don't uh, <laughs> we don't quite that have the same thing. Like we were talking about running earlier. Right now we're we're running outside and it's just about fall on the ice. Yeah, it's a, it's eleven <laughs> degrees or so out there, and uh, you know you got to have studded studded running shoes to run on the icy sidewalks right now. So sounds like <laughs> a really rough life out there in California. <laughs> um, I, I was truly blessed uh, right? where I did in Laguna Beach. So you've come up through all this stuff. You talked about kind of the, the money side of things. And we know that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're a follower of Christ, it's, it's not about the money. Um, but we do have to have that stuff to live. And I know uh, as we kind of cross into the healthy side of things, 
you know, exercise, spiritual health, as well as diet is super important. And I know that you and your wife are part of kind of a bigger health movement. Uh, can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, health is super important, especially obviously to everyone, right? Professional athletes. I mean, you look at, look at what Tom Brady is doing at 43 years old and what he's putting in his body. Your, your body's a machine. So, you know, we grew up always uh, hearing how, how good food is for you, how good healthy food, organic food, all that stuff. But no one ever talked about like the water you consume, what you, there's no regulation on water. Actually, your tap water is more regulated than bottled water, which is crazy. So my wife and I started the awakening with two other, two other buddies. It's a impact movement that helps share the healthiest water, um, ionizers around the world. We've helped over 500, 600 families in eight different countries in the past two years and it's just a movement that we created to help people personally mentally uh, physically spiritually help people personally grow and then financially as well so it's a really cool movement that we're super excited about and we live it every day we're passionate i'm just as passionate about that as i am with skimming um being a you know, a professional athlete, you're chasing sponsors your whole life. You're um, going from what, being an ambassador of one product to whoever's going to pay me next. I'm going to do that because that's what's going to drive my passion and keep me going farther out there. And I got, I got tired of doing that. I got tired of chasing contracts, tired of going through all that BS. And I found we found this product that's a medical grade device from Japan. It's been out for 46 years. It came to, uh, it was in hospitals for over 30 years before it came into in-home products. So me and my wife got super, we bought one, got super attached to it and we became ambassadors for it. And then we molded our own movement around it. So this is uh so if uh, forgive me if I say it wrong, it's Kangen water, correct? Yes, Kangen, so, Kangen. Everyone says it different, right? <laughs> it's a, it's got it's got a funny spelling to it, so none of us really know how to say it. But I so I I personally, you know, I I bought one of these machines, and kind of our focus with this, and and I can maybe let let you elaborate a little bit more. Uh, Tim, but it, it's so important, the things that we put in our body and the pH balance and, and uh, our body being balanced. Like we talk about balance in the body, um, spiritually, physically, um, you know, chiropractic care. Are you adjusted? Are you aligned? Is your body functioning the way God intended your body to function? And the chemicals and stuff that we put into our bodies on a regular basis throws all of that stuff out of whack. And I'll tell you, so I bought one of these Kangen machines uh, from Tim and his wife, um, you know, spent the money, hooked it up on the faucet, and it's all I drink. You know, every time I come in here, Ben always hands me a bottle of water, and I, I love you for it, buddy. Like, <laughs> and every time this bottle of purified drinking water stays sitting right here in front of me without the cap undone because I got my I am second cup that I'm, I'm sipping Kangen water out of. And it's uh it's pretty wild, people. Like it's uh after drinking it for two weeks, I actually started to break out. Mm. <laughs> and like I actually called Tim up and I'm like, Man, like I'm like a high school kid again, like what is going on right now? 
and it was it was all the toxins being pushed out of my body. Um, super wild stuff. But what's cool about this, and and uh, I'll, I'll plug in the fastlifeministries.com for uh, donations to give, you know, tithe to our ministry. We are in process of our 501c3 status right now, so we will be tax exempt very soon. Um, but bigger than that, you can email nick at fastlifeministries.com, and every time you, if anybody that purchases one of these machines through me, any of that money that is made will benefit the ministry. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of how I got behind it, A, for the health of me and my family, um, but also to help support this ministry to push it further so we can continue to reach this action sports world and the professional world and break down these stereotypes of of what a Christian looks like. You know, Tim and I, you know, tattooed from wrist to neck. And then we got my buddy Ben over here. He's just that good kid. Grew up <laughs> pastor kid. Um, your dad's a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So Ben's just a good kid, Tim. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got a good heart for the Lord and a good heart to help people. And uh, so we're, we're blessed to have a, a good team here and be talking with Tim. So, Tim, this Congan water been around forever. You got it in the house. The awakening is kind of your guys' movement, and, and you're using the awakening to, to wake up people spiritually as well, right? Just kind of sharing your faith and, your, and uh, you know, go, going that route as well. Is that, is that a true statement? Yes, it is. Um, so actually, Kongan means return to origin. So what the water is doing, how you were saying, go back a little bit, how you said you were breaking out, it's detoxing your body. It's releasing all the chemicals or toxins in your body, and it can come out, you know, um, whether you go to the bathroom, it can come out of your pores, stuff like that. So that's why you were breaking out, and it was so funny when you called me, and I was like, dude, just keep drinking it. Like, you'll be good in like a week, you know? And, uh, sure enough, you texted me, you're like, well, it's, it's gone. You know, like it's pretty wild. Some, uh, some, some things that happen, I've heard multiple things of like different not side effects, but different releases of toxins and stuff. So it's, that was pretty funny, but the awakening, yes, it's, it's more of a, it's more of just making a community, making, you know, helping our planet, um, you know, this is God's creation, this planet. And right now they're saying by 2050 that there's going to be more trash in the ocean, more plastic in the ocean than fish. Mm. So that was a huge thing for me was every time uh, one of these machines are purchased, they last 40 years. So all that plastic, like I used to have like 10 to 20 water bottles in the backseat of my car like just constantly sitting back there, then you would throw them away and then you'd go grab some new ones. So the fact is you never have to buy water, water bottles anymore. You can fill up your hydro flask every day. You can uh, actually clean your house with the uh, certain settings on the machine, which is super cool. So we, we got rid of detergent. We got rid of sanitizers, um, you know, the 409s, the Lysol, stuff like that. So it's yeah. like a lot of plastic that's been saved. Um, Not to mention so like just the the chemicals, community. right? I mean the the chemicals in four hundred nine, the chemicals and all that stuff, and then, and then this world of uh, COVID, you know, everybody's got their hand sanitizer in their pocket, right? We got to kill those germs, so um, we can actually use Congan water at a different pH level to do the same thing, right? Yeah, so that that's what when COVID hit, you know, what was the first thing you everyone went to the grocery market 
and there's no more water and no more sanitizer. It was all gone. So literally our community was giving it out for free. You know, we have unlimited source just from our kitchen faucet. So we're ha- we have lines out the door, just filling up water bottles, filling up sanitizer, stuff like that. And, uh, a lot of people started, that's what really opened people's eyes that, dang, I could just have one of these in my home and never have to go to the store, like in a pandemic, just to get water or just to get, um, sanitizer. So that was a huge thing this year that opened up a lot of people's eyes. Um, but yeah, we're living in a pretty crazy world for sure. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, so so we, we've uh, we've plugged the Congan water. We've uh, talked about the awakening you and your wife moving that stuff. Um, you know your professional career, growing up outdoors, but not really you know knowing that the Lord was present, but not really attending church, which I think so many more people in the world are doing these days. You know, Tim, is there is there anything else that you'd really just like to say that God's been putting on your heart? Maybe that the listeners need to hear about Tim Fulton and and what your story and where you've been from, where you've come from. I think God is, you know, God is always speaking to you. Religion is when you're trying to speak to him and you just gotta, you just gotta listen to yourself. If you're not into religion, if you're not, um, I would say if you're not really, you're, you're lost kind of like how I was just, kind of calm down, soothe yourself and just listen because he's always going to be talking to you. He's always going to be sending you signs. He's always going to be giving you signals and just kind of hone in on that and just feel it with your, all your body and just know he's always around you and always loving you, always uh, trying to speak to you and try and just block out the noise and hone in on that. Cause that's really what helped me get through the hardest times in my life and uh kind of made me where i am today you know i got married we're uh me and my wife are currently buying a house uh that's something crazy i could never thought about especially in california where i live and uh just god is good god is great and once you once you start honing in on that you'll see your life begin to begin to change for sure and that's incredible. What a mm. what an awesome story of uh, you know, faith and, and uh you know, the the triumph over the world and just, you know, how God's guided you into the relationship with your wife, finding that church and just uh continues to to bless and multiply uh for you. Tim, we're we're so grateful and thankful for, for you to be here with us today and uh uh, we will just uh, we'll get with you soon, brother. We appreciate your time this morning, and may God bless you and your wife, and and continue to provide for you guys. We, we, we thank you, dude. Thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure being on, and Ben, it was a pleasure meeting you as well. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. Hey, yeah, thanks. Hey, you thanks, know, Tim. I just thought of one other thing before we before we yeah. cut you out there, Tim. I didn't give you opportunity. Is it the awakening dot com or how do we, how do we reach uh, how do how do the listeners reach you guys and and what you and Tamara have going? You can just reach us on Instagram. It's the Awakening with two Ks. Okay. The second K is for Kongan. Yep, the Awakening with two Ks, and as always, FastLifeMinistries.com. And we thank you for your time today, Tim. We are signing out. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. <laughs>